Today, we come and we let the Word of God speak to us. And what the Word of God must do is transform our hearts, huh? We just can't listen to it and say, oh, that's nice. Now what's Father going to talk about? No, no. We need to sit there, and that's God speaking to us. So even if I break open the Word for you, you know, God should still be working in your heart already by Him speaking to your Word, speaking to your heart. And the Word today, if you sit there and if you listen, it starts off with Isaiah, and it was a pretty dark time. And if you want to go to that, it's Isaiah 35. There's Bibles in front of you, or a lot of you. We've got some Bible, pew Bibles now. If not, it'll be in your missalette. But if you go to Isaiah 35, it begins with, vor, uh, well, we're going to start at 4. And it says, Say to those whose hearts are frightened, Be strong, fear not. Now, here is Isaiah in a time where the, 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 um, the northern kingdom has fallen. There's been all kinds of problems. Israel is a mess right now. People are going around screaming. They have lost hope. They are in despair. It's kind of like the Clinton era in America, huh? We're in the midst of it all. You know, and where is anything? And as you know, I was sitting there, um, was kind of sad the other day. Uh, two days ago was the anniversary of the uh, thing in Galveston. And, you know, 8,000 people lost their lives 100 years ago. And one of the things was, that an orphanage, which was right on the beach, there was 80 orphans and 10 nuns that were killed. And they went and they were talking about all the, how the nuns tied ropes to each of the children, and each of the nuns had like eight kids around them. And they found them dead later throughout the whole city of Galveston, and all the nuns tied around. And they were sitting there playing the songs, how they were singing. And I was just thinking, how filled with despair must the people have been? to sit there and enter into this. And all of us, in some way or another, sometimes in our lives, are filled with despair, are filled with sadness, are filled with no hope. And this is the people that Isaiah is talking to. And so he sits there, and what does he do? He does what every Christian or a Jew, good Jew, should do at that time, is he offers them the hope of God. And he says to them, Say to those who are frightened, be, be strong, fear not. And we know how many times it's say, do not be afraid in the Bible? 365 times, one for every day of the year. Old and New Testament, 365 times, God is trying to tell us something. Do not be afraid. Here is your God. He comes with vindication. He, with divine recompense, He comes to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf be cleared. Okay, so that is the promise. And he says, God is with you. But he's going to fulfill that promise even more. So now we jump about uh, almost a thousand years, 500 years later. And in Mark's gospel, we have the fulfillment of that. huh? Today, we go to chapter 7 of Mark's gospel. And if we start at 32... Chapter 7, verse 32. Mark, Matthew, Mark, it's the second gospel. 32, some people brought him a deaf man who had a speech impediment and begged him to lay his hand on him. Jesus took him away from the crowd. He put his finger into the man's ears and spitting touched his tongue. I always thought, oh, you know. Can you imagine you're sitting there and there's Jesus spits in his hand and he puts it on your tongue? Oh, hey. But it's Jesus spit, I guess it would be good, huh? 
So he goes and he sits there and he goes and he touches him and says, Ephapha, or whatever. It's another one of those words I can't say. It's Greek. And then, or Hebrew or whatever. And he put it on his tongue and the man could see. So it shows how Jesus is the fulfillment of the promise of Isaiah. And so what must we be people who do? We must be people who not only bring hope, you know, that when life is dark and times are sad and each of us are going through that, we might be going through that now. We, each of us have experienced that in our lives and each of us will experience that. We always got to be people who have hope. And the hope comes in the person of Jesus Christ. And by you and I entering into the intimacy of relationship with him, how much more intimate can you be to share spit with Christ? That's pretty intimate. That he takes that which is within him and he gives it to us. Intimately, he enters into this relationship with us. And when we enter into this relationship with the Lord Jesus, he brings us hope and healing. Huh? That's what it's about. That to truly be a Christian means that we're in intimacy with Jesus Christ. And if that's true, then we listen to James today, and we go to the uh, letter of James. And this is a very good letter. You know, James, like someone uh, I got a call this week, and he wants to bring this kid into the church, and he was talking about, you know, the guy was going back and forth between fundamentalism and Christianity. And he says, Father, he's going to go on a one-on-one -on -one Bible study with me. I said, he said, where should I start? I said, start with James. James will make it very clear to him. And so here, James is saying, you've got to live what you believe. We just can't go around professing faith. We just can't go around and say, Jesus is my Savior. Very good, but is he your Lord? Is he in charge of every aspect of your life? If he isn't your Lord, he's not your Savior, get a life. It's that simple. we got to live what we believe. We just don't believe it and go live what we want to live. Nope, 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 nope. When we enter into intimacy with Christ, we live his life. And so here... James is giving the community a little kick in the butt. I like those type of preachers. And here in verse chapter 2 of James, verse 1, my brothers or sisters, your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not allow favoritism. So what's he saying? That we got to be different than the rest of the world. We gotta be treating everybody the same, whether they make a hundred million dollars a year and they give a million dollars to the church, or whether there's somebody who doesn't make much and give a penny a week, which we have. We gotta treat all people as the same. In the community, everybody is Christ. Period. Some people aren't more Christ than others. We are all Christ. And if that's true, then we need to treat each person equally. You see, when we don't treat each person equally, we're judging them and then we're neglecting to see Christ within them. Matthew 25 says what? Whatever you do the least to my brothers or sisters, you do to me. And so if we realize that everybody that walks in our doors, our people are Christ. They are Christ to us and we must treat everyone as Christ. Sometimes it's easy to teach people uh, at Mass on Sunday, it's easy for us to treat them as Christ, huh? But it's not so easy to treat our husband or wives or our children or our parents or the person next door who we can't stand as Christ, can we? Oh, I like this person, I can't stand that person. 
Well, that's why you need the Holy Spirit. We need to be offering hope and healing to everybody we meet, not just the people who agree with us, not just the people who like us. Oh, I dislike them because they like me, and I want to offer you the hope and the healing of Jesus Christ. But you I don't like, so forget it. You know, it came a long time ago, one of my kids who's been here and who's preached to us before, his name's Justin, and he was a converted kid down at prep, and now he goes around and gives retreats throughout New York and uh, New Jersey and different things, and he's so on fire with God, huh? But when he was first coming to know Jesus, I used to start teaching at prep, and I go down there, and we're taking the kids to see the Holy Father in uh, New York City, and when we get to the New York City, where one of the things we did is took the ferry over to go to uh, go up the, uh, em- uh, not the Empire State Building, what do you call it? Statue of Liberty. Well, on the way back from the Statue of Liberty, we're on the top of the ferry, it's an open top, and I'm sitting there with Father Ed Losey, and we're just kind of minding our own business. It's pretty crowded. Then all of a sudden, I hear someone go, Can I have your attention, please? Standing on a bench, and here's my kid, who was a senior at the time, Justin Fatika, going like that to this whole crew of New Yorkers and people from all around the world. And he starts preaching. It was just like something from a movie. Oh, you people, you got to put Jesus first. God must be first in your life. And you got to put other people second. you got to serve them with all your heart. And you got to be last. you got to put yourself last. And all you atheists out there, we don't like you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I wanted to crawl under. Father Losey looks at me and he says, he's one of yours, isn't he? I go, oh. <laughs> that showing favoritism, huh? That's not what we're called to do. We are called to love everybody as Christ, huh? Not, oh, I don't like you, so I don't have to bring you Jesus. That isn't the way Jesus lived. We need to be people who bring hope and healing to everybody because we treat them as Christ and we bring them Christ because Jesus Christ lives within each of us, huh? And that means that we got to be more than just a community of people who come together on Sunday to profess our faith. we got to be people that interact with each other. You know, last night we had a great time when our Lord's Day dinner, we had about 20 people there. And I thought, look at all these people we have in our church, and only 20 people came last night. I was so disappointed. I was supposed to go to Steubenville yesterday and go and give a lot of time down there because... It was someone's birthday, and we had a festival of praise last night, and I said, no, I want to be in my community, which is a very big change for me. And so I says, on my day off, I'll come up here, and I'll spend the night with my community. And then we had 20 people in our community go, ooh, inside. That we need to be people who do more than just come to Mass on Sunday. If we're just a community of people who come to Mass on Sunday, we're missing the point we got to be people who join this because it's our family of God. We are a family. And we come together besides those other times when we can because we're all very busy. I realize that. But when we're a member of Bread of Life, or we're coming to Bread of Life, we're a member of the Church of God. And a church that is basing itself on Acts 2. When in Acts 2, you know, they sat there and they shared everything in common, they built one another up. They come together daily on prayers. They shared the bread of life and the work. They te- listened to the teaching of the apostles, huh? And so must we. So the encouragement today from the Word of God is that
that we be people who bring hope to others, who bring healing to others, that we don't have show favoritism, but we treat each person as if they were Christ Jesus, because they are. You got it? You get it? Good. May each of you know His love today and forever. Amen.